uh, Skullboys. The Street Press Podcast with Sean Fraser. For a start, there are not enough white men doing podcasts. I've got to always support that when that comes along. I was talking to a mate today at a baby queue. We didn't cook a baby. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that yeah. was. I just want to thank you. Yeah, no, it was me. He wouldn't shake our hand until he finished putting on his glove. Imagine what he's like during the pandemic. <laughs> well, I got you here for the podcast after your big night last oh. night, so I'm stoked with that. I get a thrill knowing that you're doing what you're doing. That's good. Well, I don't know what I'm doing today. We're just sort of just winging it. Did you moon Kylie Minogue? Yeah. Hello, welcome to the Street Press Podcast. My name is Sean Fraser. Hope you're doing well. I hope you're uh, going out, seeing some live bands again, checking out some gigs. This weekend I'm going to see Crowded House, the Hunter Valley. That's going to be spectacular. Catching the bus up there, um, sitting on a rug, drinking wine, watching Crowded House. Can't wait for that. Um, It's the second time I'm seeing them this year. (laughs) I won some through work. But anyways, uh, today on the show, uh, how do I describe Emmy Mack? She is a friend. First and foremost, she's an incredible singer, an incredible songwriter, and she plays and rocks her heart out in a band called Red Hook. They're sort of like pop punk, heavy metal kind of thing, and they are absolutely dominating the airwaves at the moment. They're all over Triple J. Um, and like I said, I've known Emmy for, for over a decade now, and we, we used to work together as newsreaders, and we talk about our dreams of one day becoming you know, something in our bands, and she has gone on to do that and some. It's a really great chat. I love getting friends on the podcast. Um, the conversations usually seem to <laughs> go anywhere, and that's what this is all about. It's all about a bit of fun and um, and talking about music. We chat about the part she played in Fangs. So she played the nurse in the, like, What's My Age Again, Blink-182 remake. I mean, they don't play that song, but it's their own song, and they ripped off the video clip. We talk about that. We talk about how she's gone from being a punter at festivals to actually being the one on stage. We also talk about people getting tattoos of her lyrics. We talk about her quitting her full-time job to chase the dream. There's a lot of rockers out there that uh, wish that they could do the same. Um, We talk about some deep stuff as well about the band nearly breaking up and how they had this uh, little meeting at a pub at St. Peter's. And uh, her and Craig looked at each other across from the from the table, beers in hands, and um, and sat there at a crossroads and thought, should the band continue or not? Obviously, it did, and we are very thankful that they did. We also talk about. I would like to put a warning out there: there is talk about sexual assault in this interview. Uh, it's a it's around the time where I start talking. Uh, well, we we start talking about Jabberwocky, which is a Red Hook song. Uh, I understand that that can be triggering for some people out there, so I just want you to know that when we start talking about Jabberwocky, there is talk about sexual assault. And if you need some help, you can call one eight hundred Respects. Also, Lifeline is a good one as well. Thirteen eleven fourteen. And on a lighter note, we talk about our old band that Emmy and I used to play in. It was an old radio band. Um, we we just played a bunch of covers, got this band together in like a week's time and played a gig at the Arimba Tallies. <laughs> From memory, I think it went okay, but uh, all of that to come. Here is my interview with Emmy Mack from Red Hook. Hey, man. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. Yeah, just the chaos of tour, tour life. <laughs> 
Yeah, how is the tour going? Um, I, I really wanted to make sure that we did this while you're on tour, so I'm glad that I got you. I, I know you're um, you're probably really tired and all that, but how is the tour going? Yeah, it's been amazing. It's it's crazy. Like it's been going on for so long. It just feels like life now. It's really weird. Um, it's really weird that this is the last weekend. But yeah, it's been it's been incredible. It's just been the best experience. Just going all over Australia and seeing like a bunch of new places, like meeting new fans. It's so crazy because I've known you now. Oh, how long do we want to say? Oh, it's been a, it's been a hot minute. It's been a it's while. Been a long <laughs> while. And for for those listening, um. Emmy and I are news readers and <laughs> we're both musos and we used to sit next to each other in, in the newsroom and talk about our bands and talk about the dreams of, you know, progressing and becoming something. And for me to sit there and watch how incredible your band has not only become, but to see you guys just rise to the top where you are now, it's like, I'm getting emotional now. It's, it's really, really. Oh, shorty. It's uh it's a really, really proud thing to see. Like it's so incredible. I remember you guys um well you were in Smoke and Mirrors. I'm not sure if the rest of the band were. So I've been listening to you in bands for a long time. No, oh my god, I can't believe I can't believe you remember I can't remember that's how long we've known each other. You remember my old like eighties <laughs> inspired like heavy metal band. Yeah, that was sick. So good. Let's let's talk about sort of those days. And I think you've sort of given up the news reading gig now because the band is just so hectic at the moment. Is that what's happened? Yeah, I had to make the decision earlier this year to kind of like to kind of just pursue music full time just because we had just so much touring and it just became um impossible to, to maintain to maintain a full-time um full-time job at the same time. So yeah, took the took the leap. So far, so good. <laughs> and what a year it's, it has been for you. Like, you're basically hogging Triple J at the moment. Um, <laughs> like, Red Hook is just played so much on there. I hear your name brought up so much nowadays, especially on this podcast so far. I had Josh from Fangs on. Uh, we'll talk about the video clip soon. Oh. <laughs> I had Blake uh, last week as well, Blake Therese, Um, And everyone's been talking about you, and it's just so funny. And I'm like... I know her, but I know her not from the music. Like I know her. <laughs> it's amazing so, how much so you're yeah, brought up nowadays. Is, is, is oh, that, hopefully, in a, hopefully in a good way. <laughs> always in a good way. Is it a weird thing though? Having a lot of people talking about you? Yeah, well, this is the first time hearing of it. So I feel like my ears are definitely <laughs> burning. Um, no, that's, that's really sweet. And I love those guys. Like I'm, I'm such a, such a big fan of Fangs and, and of everything that Blake does. Like, they're absolute legends. So it's, um, yeah, that was, that was my, my little emo heart to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, I was talking to Josh about the, the music video, the what's my age again, um, remake kind of thing. Yeah. And, uh, so how good. was, how was that day? Oh, dude. Um, <laughs> um, it was hilarious. It was also like, I was incredibly hungover. Like I hadn't slept. So that made it really fun, funny as well. Just like watching these four like big tatted up hairy dudes just like in like nude coloured budgie smugglers <laughs> just running through the inner west. Like there was a commotion like everywhere, like everywhere they were shooting stuff like that have cars beeping at them and people like leaning out of windows <laughs> trying to see what was going on. It was so, it was so funny to watch unfold. No. It was very, it was very, very funny. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Um, we're talking about you obviously starting out. What's it like 
I'm sure there was an Emmy Mac that played in a band to no one out in the crowd at one point. And, many, uh, many times, many times did that happen. <laughs> yeah, and um, and I think the big moment for me is I've been listening to, we'll talk about later, about the songs I really, really fucking love by Red Hawk, but there was a moment that I saw on Facebook or Instagram, I think you're playing Unifier Festival, mm-hmm. and just watching Bad Decisions and just seeing the crowd just oh. go mental, they were all like charging into each other, and I just felt like from an outsider, Looking at that as the moment, I just thought, "Oh, this is some serious shit now. This is oh, this is a band that's that's kicking off big time." Yeah, thank you. It was, um, yeah, Unify. It was such a beautiful way to start the year, especially off the back of like off the back of all the COVID mayhem to sort of come back and play that festival in particular because for us, like we all we've always been to Unify like as punters. We always just go and we're watching the other bands. So to be ticking that off the bucket list, like playing on that stage and for it to like for the reaction to be what it was and to be seeing so many people just like singing the words back and just, yeah, like getting into the wall of death and just like going nuts. It was like incredible. Like that was, that was, yeah, like a real, um, real milestone for me. It was, yeah. Yeah. Um, Some of the songs like Bad Decision, I'd say that's probably my favourite, but there's the, the emo one. Oh, um, yes, sentimental surgery. I feel like you wrote that one for me. <laughs> oh, like I, I, you can, you can claim that. Yeah. I'll dedicate it to you, my friend, Sean in the newsroom. <laughs> What's the tour life like at the moment? How long have you been on the road, dude? This current tour that we're that we're on, um, supporting um the enhanced weight guys across Australia. It's been like over two months straight of just like. Or going to every corner of the country. I think there's something like 28 dates or something. So it's been like, I mean it when I say it just feels like life now. Like it, I'm really sad for it to end. I think I'm going to be really depressed next week. Like because it's yeah. just, just yeah, it's, we've gotten into such a rhythm, rhythm with it. Just you know, being away, and then coming back home for like 24, 48 hours, and then you know, jetting off again. A lot of bands sort of describe it like like life pauses for like two or three months. And when you know your song so well and you know how to perform so well, what do you do all day until you play? Um, Believe it or not, like it feels like it always goes really quick. Like I've never sort of just sitting around just twiddling my thumbs. It's like, like tomorrow, for instance, we'll get like, we'll get a little sleep in, we'll get a bit of a sleep in and then I'll, you know, get up, go get some food. And then I'll get ready because that takes freaking forever. And, um, yeah, and then go to the venue, like, load in at, like, 3, 4 o'clock and then just chilling with the other bands, like, getting ready, getting into the zone, lather, rinse, repeat. <laughs> <laughs> and these 20-plus shows that you've done, uh, it must be weird when people come up to you and, and uh, want you to sign something or want to want to say good day or, you know, shout out your name. Like, it, it must be so weird being on, say, the other side of the country and having that happen. Yeah, it's, 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 it's crazy. And it, and it never, like, I don't think it's, I don't think I'll ever get used to it. Um, even today I, um, just got tagged in something on Instagram, like at one of the shows, like a girl, like, um, I can't even remember which show it was, but, um, a fan came up to me with a a piece of paper and a, and a Sharpie and was like, can you please write, um, this like specific lyric from our song Jabberwocky on this piece of paper, because I want to get it tattooed on me. And I was like, oh my God, yeah, of course. And like, 
they, they tagged me today and they've got the tattoo and I'm just like, oh my goodness. Like, it's just so, yeah, it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming and so, so humbling. Yeah. I, I don't think I'll ever quite get used to it. Jabberwocky, that song. Blake was actually saying he was, he was in Melbourne um, and he heard you talk about that for the first time on stage. He felt the feeling in the crowd. But by, by mm-hmm. people around him, he said it was one of the most amazing things that he's ever, ever um, heard. That song, it's quite deep, isn't it? Yeah, wow, that's that's really really sweet of Blake to to say that. I forgot he was at our our Melbourne show because he's a Sydney boy. So it was yeah, it was nice to see him. Very pleasant surprise to see him in Melbourne. But yeah, that was um that I I I won't lie, like that that point in um that headline tour that we did because that was before we released Jabby, like before before we released the song. And I was so scared. I was so scared to play it live um, and tell the story behind it. But it was, um, it was really important to me. I wanted to do it um, for the fans first at those shows before we released it. And I talked about it to like the, the wider world. And I'm so glad I did because, yeah, those, those moments were, were so special and, and so cathartic. And like, I mean, I was, it was very, very emotional for me. And I, I know, I, yeah, I had so many, um, so many people like come up to me afterwards or like, you know, DM the band or DM me after the shows and, and just say how much it meant to them, which was so special. It's, it's a very, um, probably, um, not the hardest song. I mean, it was, it was kind of difficult to write, but it also wasn't like it, but yeah, it's about some very deep, dark subject matter about, you know, dealing with, um, with trauma of like the trauma of sexual assault. And, um, it was, yeah, it was just a, a very, I felt like it was a very important song for me to write. And ever since, you know, playing it at that first show, it's been worth it. Like it's, it's been so, so worth it. It means so, so much to me. Those songs need to be written. Like people need to write those songs. There are so many people that need those songs. There are just yeah. so, so many. Like there's so many people that you, you would have touched with that song and continue to touch every day that you wouldn't even know. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's, it's easy to forget that. And then, you know, at times like, yeah, well, I'll be reminded of it. And it, it's, yeah, it's so powerful. And so, so, so freaking humbling, but yeah, I agree. I, I completely agree with you, especially like for Jabberwocky, um, something that I, the reason why I thought it was really important to write was because, um, especially like in this sort of the heavy scene and like in pop, you know, like pop punk and, and, and heavy music, we see, yeah, like so many stories come out about these like high profile sort of male predators in our, in our scene and in our industry. And, um, you know, we've seen so many survivors come forward and yet there are so few songs that deal with that issue, especially in this scene from like a female perspective. So I thought, I thought that was just really important to try to, to give a voice to, to at least, you know, to my experience in the hope that, you know, it could help other people who've been through similar stuff feel less alone. And and I feel like, um, yeah, I feel really proud, tremendously proud and and um humbled because I, I feel like I feel like it's it's done that. You did an amazing job, um, especially to do it in front of so many people and uh massive respect for you if you're doing that. Uh do you tell the band when you're gonna do something like that or is it sort of out of the <laughs> too? Yeah, I was like, um, that first show, I was like, look, I'm going to have a little little yarn before we launch into Jabberwocky. And then they were like, we got off stage. I so was like, you, you realise you were talking for like 15 minutes. I was like, no, it wasn't. It wasn't 15 minutes. They're like, yeah, it was. I was like, oh. Were they annoyed? <laughs> Probably should have timed it. And this thing I didn't even like, because I don't rehearse that stuff. I just yeah, like go up there. Yeah. and 
but I've still, like, yeah, so that <laughs> I do give him a little bit of a heads up. On the topic of um, talking about, you know, deep things, I, I remember when I, I played a gig and, and I had, uh, I wanted to talk about my dad who's passed away and I thought, oh, I'll be right. Like I remember just jamming and stuff during, during the week and then thinking, um, this is where I'll do that part. And then yeah. the the time came and I remember everything was sweet, everything's cool. And I was like, oh yeah, I'll just do this part where I where I need to explain this story because it's written about my dad. And mm. then the second I just oh. you, know, you know, as soon as you just start, you go, you you approach the mic. Well, I did anyway, approach the yeah. mic and you just open your mouth to, and you know what you're about to say to work to an audience. You just like I almost couldn't sing it, but um, but the people that come up to you and say, oh, you know, that song, you know, I have the same experience. I suppose that's where I'm going with all this. Yeah, and, uh, absolutely. And it's like, and I think that um, moments like that, I mean, again, like for, for you as well, like it's so incredibly brave of you to have, to have, you know, addressed that through music and then to talk about it because it's scary it's really scary when we talk especially like it's one thing to sing the song but then like that's scary enough but then to 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 talk about it as well especially in front of an audience is terrifying but then when you have those moments and it's because people know that it's real like they know that it's it's real and authentic and and that is the most powerful and beautiful thing in the world and that's what makes a song makes a song like that you know transcend and really touch someone and really like impact someone's life in a positive way when they can hear those lyrics that you've written and and it touches them and like it it feels like it gives a voice to their experience and and they that's it they, they feel less alone in the world they they feel seen and that's that's the most important thing that you can do as a musician I think regardless of genre, like that is the most important thing that it's the most important job we have. Absolutely. And there's probably people listening who might, might even be thinking, Oh, I should pick up the guitar or I should pick up a pen and pad one day and start um, writing. Yeah. You you and I both know that not just those songs, but other songs, but once you get it out, out to the world, there's no better feeling, is there? Like, uh, Oh yeah. That's it. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's like, it's yeah. Such a tremendous, like it's cathartic, it's cathartic, but it's, yeah, there's also something, it helps you heal. It really, at least it really did with me, like really putting, putting that experience and those, those emotions and those feelings into a song and, and being able to have like, not that it's tangible, but I mean that you can listen to it and it's like, it's, it's there. And it's, 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 you know, this piece of art that, reflects that experience and just encapsulates that the process of, of doing that just helped me heal through so much of the the trauma and the the um yeah just all of those emotions that I realized um in the process of writing that I probably hadn't really dealt with until <laughs> until it came yeah, to writing yeah. the song so in a selfish way, it was very good for me as well. <laughs> oh, absolutely. How are you writing a song? Are you filling your, your iPhone voice memos? Are you, uh, are you taking pen and pad with you? How do you, how do you do it? Yeah. Um, different ways, different ways in, in, in the hook. We, um, there are times like bad decisions, um, is one example that was written. Like that was a chorus that I wrote. I just wrote the chorus and it was like literally just the top line, just top line and just like the lyrics and the melody. And then me sort of taking that to, to to Craig and taking it to our producer and being like, here, I've got this song, help me write it. 
and then other times like like Jabberwocky was like a really beautiful example of um like I'll have concepts like I'll have like a concept of something I want to write about um, or like a metaphor like I, I I I like working in metaphors so like with Jabberwocky you know this scary monster from Alice in Wonderland that was like a a representation of of trauma and the way that it kind of stalks us all like a like a monster and you know rears its ugly head when we least expect it and I had this concept I, I I'd written a few lyrics and I had like and I had some like chorus ideas but Craig just sent me this instrumental that he'd written he'd wrote like he literally I think it was like he always gives it gives his intr- instrumentals these really cooked names it was like 5am ghost hook or something like that and um because he'd literally woken up at 5am with this idea in his head and just written this instrumental and sent it to me and as soon as I heard it just the vibe of it I was like this is Jabberwocky like this this vibe this song is this is this is going to be Jabberwocky and then I just and then and the and then the lyrics just poured out of me and the melodies just just came out and it just yeah in a weird way like people say you know like it kind of writes itself but in this instance, it was very much like that. It was just kind of like a, like I hooked my brain hooked onto like the verse melodies straight away and, and the lyrics just came and it just came together so quickly. So yeah, it's like, it's, it's kind of musical Tetris, um, in this band. It's, it's sometimes like it, um, like this next, we've, we're about to release a new single, um, at the end of November. And that one was a, a similar thing, whereas, like, I'd written a chorus. I had a chorus melody and chorus lyrics. Yep. And then Craig sent me this instrumental and I was like, this melody, like, just goes over this. It just, it just fits. Like, it was just, it's just weird. It's like it just it just fits. I was like, bro, I have the chorus already. I just sang it <laughs> in and it was like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it nice when it just fits easily? But there's definitely those days where you you come up with a chorus and you listen to it back and you go, oh, this is the worst thing. Dude. Like, I, I, I do that so yeah. much. Another, like, really amazing feeling, like another song that we just finally finished was this song that had been that we had been kicking around as a demo it, for us for like years now years and i was in love that i was in love with all of the parts of the song like the verse like the, i love the the concept i, I was like this i need to make this song like because i love this concept and i love these lyrics and like the pre-chorus was like i love the pre-chorus and i love the verse but we just could not write a fucking chorus just could not get the chorus most important part yeah the most important part and that's it as we don't know if you don't have the chorus you don't have nothing like doesn't matter if you've got a fucking great you know intro (laughs) intro riff pre-chorus verse blah 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 bridge whatever like the chorus ain't there then it's sort of song so and it's just been like this thought in my side for years so um finally like last time we were in with our producer we like sat down and like stripped it apart and it's now like it's a completely different song but all of the elements that I loved about it like the, the pre-chorus is still there the verse is different but the lyrics are still there and now I'm like it's one of my favorite songs and I'm so excited to release it this is the one coming up the one in November so we've got a whole bunch of songs we're, d- we're doing a little give you a little exclusive for please our, give me exclusives this yeah. show's all about exclusives it's all Ooh, about it. Nice. Well, yeah, we've got like we've recording that finally gotten around to doing an album, our debut album. So it's going to be um, on on the album, and I'm so excited. It's one of it's it's probably oh, equal favorite song on the album. Yeah, that's coming out. So. Okay, so, so so when's the album potentially coming out? Looking like 
April next year. Okay. If all That's goes good. well. <laughs> and how many songs are we thinking? And how many how many have we heard already? Or are you not really um, thinking that away? I think Jabby and Say will definitely will definitely be on there. I'm not sure if any of the past the other past singles will be. But yeah, we've basically just got a fucking arsenal of tunes that we're just gonna start just like firing. We're just gonna yes. be unleashing rounds um until until it comes out, which I'm so excited about. So good. I had um I had Darren Kiss Chasey on. Oh, sick, yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I don't know, we're just chatting and chatting and chatting. And then all of a sudden he just goes, oh, yeah, Kiss Chase is getting back next year. And then I was what? like, yeah, yeah. Hell he yeah. Goes, he goes, actually, I don't think that's left my mouth before. And he goes, I just gave you the exclusive. <laughs> Hell yeah, like, that's Yes, yes. I was like, oh, so, yeah. Love so that. Cool. <laughs> oh, that's sick. I love Kiss Chase, you man. I'll be at that show for sure. Yeah, yeah, big time. Well, I mean, you are going to be at the big, at the show. You're at the Good Things Festival, right? Oh, yeah, of course. They're playing Good Things, duh. I'll be so upset oh. if we're clashing with them. Yeah, because they were only actually going to be paying Good for good Things and mm. then that, that was it. Like, they were just going to play United Paper People and then see you later. But mm. apparently 2023, Kiss Chase is back. <gasps> Hell yes. That's <laughs> like, and what a, like, what a perfect time. For, for them to be coming back as well. Like I feel like that kind of music is really having another little moment in the sun. A resurgence, hey. A it's resurgence, a renaissance. I love yeah. it. You're a big yeah. part of this though. You are a huge part of this. Red Hook, like when I think about girl pop punk bands and guy punk pop punk bands, you shouldn't segregate them, but you know, like <laughs> yours truly, Red Hook, uh, Stan Atlantic, the girls are on top at the moment if this is a score. Yeah, we, <laughs> yeah, we are. Yeah, I love I love those two bands. Like YT, YT and Stat are like gems. I love them so much. They're like yeah. absolutely crushing it. And to, yeah, just to be um, named in the same sentence as them is a huge honour. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what were you doing today? You were like... Um... You were finding props or something? Oh yeah, so we flew into the we flew into the Goldie, and um, then yeah, I was, <laughs> I was late because I forgot about the time difference, and I was like, oh yeah, we got an hour, that's enough time, and then I was just like, oh, actually no. Yeah, so like, Emmy sends me a text and she's like, oh shit, time di- time difference. Time difference. Daylight saving that happens, but yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, yeah, we were just like doing a big shop trying to find um props and stuff for some promo shot stuff which we wanted to shoot on location while we're up here um, on the Gold Coast because it's like the sort of the right vibe for this next song that we're putting out, which is going to be a real sort of summer pop punk anthem moment, which I'm really, really excited about. We've got a collab on this one as well. I'm not going to tell oh, you Oh, that's not going to be an exclusive? Keep that one as a surprise, but it's an, a, another Australian band who um okay. who we really, really dig, um, who you probably wouldn't expect us. Like it's a little bit left of field i don't think anyone would probably expect us to be teaming up with this band okay. but um that's what makes me excited about it <laughs> hey, so you're going around today um grabbing stuff to to make sure that this shoot and stuff was good um there's something i've always thought about you um ever since you've sort of been in bands and whatnot um i feel like you've done a lot yourselves like no matter what band you've been in how, how much are you still doing yourself so like so much i mean we have like not to, um, you know, discredit the team that we have because we, we do have um, an incredible team around us, like with our manager and um, our booking agents in Australia. 
but we are still very like we do like apart from you know booking shows and I guess like kind of like the higher level sort of back-end shit that goes on um with like you know organizing like out like international touring and stuff yeah we do everything ourselves man we have a producer and we have yeah you know like a digital designer and stuff that we work with to like because we are not talented enough to do that stuff ourselves although no no Craig is talented enough to produce because we've done he's produced two two Red Hook singles so far just by himself which is incredible and hats off to Craig but yeah we um but we don't have a label and we've that's been a very conscious choice to stay independent because we're we're seeing we're seeing the band grow we're seeing how this is even just in the past year like how much the band has grown and how and you know in terms of how much money we're making as well like when you know we're not in a point yet where we can you know, quit our jobs. And no. <laughs> I mean, I did quit my full-time job, but we, you know, yeah. I still need to work. That's yeah. I, I think it's really, I think it's really important for, for bands to try and just musicians to try and do as much themselves as, as they can and maintain as much autonomy um, over the art as you can. Um, it's always something that's been really important to me and yeah. And like, we're seeing it pay off. I'm really glad that, um, cause I, when we were first starting out, I was very much, um, like I was, I was definitely a lot more of a noob than I am now. And I sort of thought that, you know, you, you, there's still that kind of mentality that you need to like have a label. You need to sign with a label to be able to make it, you know, there's, that's still, even though like we're seeing so many artists like buck that trend now, Mm. I think, you know, there's still that kind of mentality that it's like, oh, you sign a deal. Like, and then you've, I'm so glad that I had, um, you know, the boys around me to sort of, council not rushing into doing that um <laughs> because you know because you can you can get yourself you can really so that shoot was your thought right so your thoughts were if 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 this is ever going to work for me i need to be signed to a big record label and the boys around you were like no it doesn't work that way anymore. yeah well yeah they were kind of like dude these deals that that, that these labels are giving us are shit like they're like mm. they they're terrible and so like why would we sign this it's like you know even deals that we've been offered that um are not terrible it's still a case of we look at it and we're like okay well they're offering us x amount but how much are we pulling in already through streaming and through you know shows and stuff and it's like they're gonna give us this amount of money up front we don't need it we don't need it like the band's making enough money to like by itself to be to be sustainable and I mean I don't know how it's 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 that thing where it's it's a conversation that's that's continually evolving and ongoing with us um and you know I'm not saying we'll never never sign to a label like if a label comes along and blows our mind with an amazing deal that makes sense for us um of course we'll consider signing it but so far nothing has made sense because like the band is making is growing and making money and by itself and the dollars and you know it's going up every month and we're like and you know we're not slowing down like we got we got so much more new music that we get we're gonna release and and we're gonna keep keep grinding away and keep playing as many touring as as much as we can so I'm like really stoked on 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 the fact that we've managed to come so far as an independent band and I'm keen to see how far we can get Another thing that I really like about Emmy is you you won't give up either. Like <laughs> like you just you just won't, you know? Like um like there there's so many people out there and this annoys me and I talk to these people, I actually phone them up and I say to my friends who are more talented than me and there's a lot of them. 
release your shit, like release stuff and just start releasing it and, and get it out to the world. Like put it out there. And that's what you're doing. You're constantly doing that. And the years tick by, don't they? Like, yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Like, I mean, it's crazy. Like, even just talking about how long we've known each other. Cause I was like, oh, it's been that long. But then I think about it and you're like talking about my old band. I'm like, it's been a long time. <laughs> 10 but years, I reckon. 10, I reckon, yeah. I reckon easily 10 years. And, um, but thank you for, for saying that about the, the not giving up, but I'll, I'll tell you, like, I've come close like many yeah. times and especially like, because the period in between um, being in my old 80s inspired heavy metal band and and Red Hook, there was like, man, there are a few, there were several years, there would be like maybe three, four years of feeling like I was just beating my head against a wall and getting nowhere and just like, even just like going through members, like fuck, before we released our first, before Red Hook dropped our first single, like, the band as it existed, I'd say we'd been through like a dozen members or something. It was just me, me trying to find the lineup and like just feeling like it was never going to happen and not, and it wasn't until like, because when we, when we dropped our first single, Red Hook was just Craig and I, it was just the two of us because we'd been sitting on these mastered songs for like two years and hadn't, hadn't released anything because we couldn't get the lineup right. And then we just thought, fuck it. You know what? we're just going to release this. We're just going to make this work. And like when we play shows, we'll just get mates to fill in on, on or like session musos or whatever and, and just make it work that way. I'm so glad we did because it's, what, that, what ha- that's what really kicked, kicked this off and, and got this going. When was that moment where you went from um, someone who was banging their head against the wall because nothing was working? What was the moment that got you over that hurdle? Do you remember that distinct moment where you went, oh, this is it, was it when you were recording the, the new Red Hook stuff and went, this is insane or? No, well, I think the reason that I didn't give up was because we had these songs. Like we had um, our first, uh, we had Minute on Fire, um, which was our first single. We had Paralyzed, which ended up being like the third single. And I think, and I think we had like the Gorilla Radio cover. and they'd been recorded like we had the masters for like two years before we released it so part of me it's a long time and part of me not giving up was having those songs and and knowing that they were special and, and wanting to just at least get them out there and at least let them see the light of day and and see how it went but i i definitely remember the moment where it was like all right we're doing this was I remember and it was and it was again like it was like Craig because we'd yeah we'd been through so many members we'd been like just getting nowhere we hadn't released a song and then our bass player who was like one of the founders of the band and like who um yeah was like responsible for a lot of stuff within the band like left Mm. and that just felt like at the time like that just felt like it was kind of like the killing blow, like the final straw. Cause Craig and I didn't really know each other that well at the time either. You knew the bass player really well, right? Yeah. 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 Um, Good friend. Yeah. And so I remember we were having, we went and we had a beer at like this local pub in St. Peter's. We sat down and we're like, all right, what do we do? Do we just give up? Are we just going to say like too hard? That's it. You know, it's just, 
the two because it's, it's just the two of us now like that's two people that's not a band you know that's not a, that's not a band um or do we just say fuck it and you know release these songs and make it work and Craig was just like we've got the songs we might as well just give it a red hot go and I'm so glad we did <laughs> yeah bloody oath good on you Craig well yeah, done Craig. <laughs> hey we should have kept our band together do you remember our band Oh my god! Our like <laughs> five band, the, the radio the fucking, band, the radio band. Yes. We played. Yeah, it. What did we play? We played like some Bruno Mars or, yeah. or something. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god! I don't, I don't think I knew all the words. Um, no, so no, definitely not. We put out this. <laughs> we, there was like this email that went out to everyone that worked at this radio station that Emmy and I worked at. And it was like, uh, who's who can play in a band? And you know what's funny? How many people could play in a band that worked Dude, at the station? It was like half the station. All these talented, like these musically talented mofos that like secretly talented people. That was so fun. That was so much fun. <laughs> they were so talented. And then like they were like, uh, there were so many people in the band that I was like, shit, who's actually gonna turn up if all the yeah. if all the radio stations <laughs> playing in the band? That was that was they were good times. That was real. That was some fun times. I like our little like Christmas covers that we did. Oh, that's right. That. We did a um yeah Santa baby. Santa and, baby, and, and then changed... we I made some like dynamite ly- lyrical alterations to be about the Central, Central Coast. Coast being a piece yeah. of shit. Oh my god! I <laughs> have Topical. To go... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was about like infrastructure and stuff. I remember. Oh yeah, so much love, love Christmas carols. <laughs> Man. <laughs> that was good. I remember I remember um jamming those songs. And you lived next to the station at the time. Yeah, I lived right next door, which was great when you just start work at 4 a.m. because I just roll out of bed and just yeah. like crazy just walk, hours. put some pants on and walk straight there. <laughs> Are you glad to say goodbye to those crazy hours? Fuck yes. <laughs> like what like, 4 a.m. start or well, like you know, you know yeah, me, like I'm there was so many it. there was so many um so many nights when I was doing those hours where I just like, like when I was, I, I don't know. Cause when I was living, it was easy when I was living next door to the radio station, but then I moved to Sydney. I can't remember if that with you was still there when I did that, but I moved to Sydney and, um, I would li- like, there were just so many nights where I'd be out at like gigs or whatever. And then I'm a like pedestrian. I don't drive. So I'd like have to catch the train yeah. to the central coast. Yeah. And then, so and the only train that I could get like got me there like two hours before the shift started. So I would just be, I would often could be seen just like in the newsroom napping on a bean bag. <laughs> like just before, and I do not, and I do not miss those days, man. These are the moments that you're gonna you've got to remember because when you win an aria, you've got, <laughs> you got to remember those those times, those moments where you would you would you're trying to trying to manage both. And it yeah. <laughs> it is it is almost impossible. I mean, you start these shifts at four a.m. You you finish a gig on a Sunday at eleven, and the gig's in bloody Melbourne or something. You like, and you got to get back. Oh. It's, just, it's just I can't even. Ugh. There was so many times like I'd have to apologize profusely to our news director. Shout out Dave Dolan because <laughs> oh, I would be I'd be like blow my voice out at a yeah. gig. Like I, I remember there was one time we flew back from Perth and the flight got in at like eleven thirty at night. Yeah. I had no voice. I had to, and I like just like grabbed my suitcase, got straight on the train, went straight to work. And I like sat like, and I was, it was awful. Like I just sounded like I'd hit puberty. I was like, it's me back with the latest. It was terrible. <laughs> it was so bad. And Dave's so cool about stuff though, isn't he? 
oh, he's a good egg. He's such a good egg. Like he's, yeah. he's been, and he's always been, he's always been so supportive and, and understanding. And I think yeah. he always knew that the, the day would come when I'd have to sort of make, make the tough decision between, um, radio life and, and, um, muso life, yeah. <laughs> or at least, at least for 4am 4, 4 radio jour- breakfast journal life, which I, I know, you know, a lot about. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Hey, we'll wrap this up with you are nominated as a newsreader as well, isn't it? It's an incredible year you've got. You, you, so, anything, anything you do or touch this year, like 2022, anything you do just takes off. <laughs> You're very sweet. Yeah, it was so, I did not expect that at all. Hey, I just thought, oh, fuck, I'm quit. I'm quitting. I better like chuck in a nomination for the Acres while I can, just in case all my <laughs> dreams fail. I need to come crawling back to, <laughs> come crawling back to like radio life. So yeah, it's really it was it's it, really tough to really tough to be nominated. I highly doubt I'll win, but it's going to be nice to like go oh, there and the red carpet and like hang out with Carl Sanderlands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've never been nominated. I've I've tried. I've tried over the years, and uh, you just tossed the job in, put in oh. a nomination. <laughs> Oh, look, I'm not bitter at all, at all, at all. Yeah, but you're a big, you're a big Metro news star now, mate. It's a lot, it's a lot more competitive in the Metro markets. I'm just on, I was just on the sunny coast. Oh, well, I can't, well, I guess you're going to have to invite me plus one. I'm coming. How good? I'm off. There we go. Thank you. Thank you for the invite. See you there. (laughs) Love it. Emmy Mack from Red Hook, thank you so much for jumping on the street press. Um, it's it's weird having an interview with you because, well, it's it's just a chat because you, you're a friend of mine. and Yeah, I know, and I miss you. <laughs> we'll have to like, catch so up for a bit. Yeah, definitely, definitely, man. Are you still are you still in Sydney? Uh, I'm, I'm on the coast again now. Are you back on um, the coast, yeah. Yeah, so I was in Sydney for like four years and um Oh see, that's right, because I ran into you at Drifters one night. That's right, yes, <laughs> we were on a drink. What, who yes. Was? Who Love were we that. watching? I think it was just a random night. I think it was like oh, the okay. trip had just opened and I yeah. think we were all like kind of scoping it out. Yeah. I was pretty, but it's a pretty... sick venue. We played there for our Central Coast show on this tour and it's epic. It's so good. Fantastic venue. Um, and, and there are good ones. Even the Sunken Monkey now is starting to get in some big acts as well. So the Central Coast, is it's it's on the rise. Lincoln Pin down in Woi Woi, heaps of stuff happen. Sick. That's awesome. I, I lo- love to hear that because yeah, it's been a bit of a bit of a live music wasteland for for a while now. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Emmy. Thanks so much for jumping on. Thanks, Shawnee. So good to chat. There she is, Emmy Mack from Red Hook. Always great to uh, have a chat with you, Emmy. Thanks for jumping on the street press. Anyone who wants to go and see the Red Hook live in action, they're playing at the Good Things Festival in December. Look, I'm a little jealous they are, to be honest, but uh, they are going to rip. So uh, Melbourne, Friday, the 2nd of December is when the Good Things Festival is heading there. Flemington Racecourse on Sydney the following day, Centennial Park, Brisbane on the Sunday at the Showgrounds. Not only will Red Hawk be there, it'll be Mill and Colin, No Effects, The Amity Affliction, Tism's going to be there. They're reuniting. Kiss Chasey, they're playing the United Paper People album in full. Uh, maybe I should get a ticket. Yeah. All right, now it's time for this. Let it- 
Yeah, so if you hit up the streetpresspodcast.com, you click the letters tab and you can write on into the show. I uh, had a few people write in. Kato, she says, oh my God, I actually got it right and I know the band. So the night before podcast day, I put up a little uh, trivia quiz on my Instagram and I give you a bit of a like a, a quiz on who could the uh, the guest be and uh, Kato says she finally got one right um, this one in from Tim can you please interview Lincoln Lefever and the Insiders I love the album Come Undone I love Lincoln and I love the album too it would be good to have him on Tim so maybe I will uh, I'll hit him up for you and I'll get back to everyone on how we're going with that as for my band the Ritzy Kids we are playing a show at the Sunken Monkey Hotel in Erina on Friday December the 6th you can grab your tickets at theritzykids.com. I uh, can't wait for that. Also, we're in the studio at the moment. We've just wrapped up all the tracking, basically. A um, bit of vocals to come. But I had Andrew, lead guitarist, over on Saturday, and we busted out all of the lead guitar parts. And... Um, yeah, pretty exciting time. I cannot wait to release the track. We're hoping to get one out in December. So some new Ritzy Kids on the way. Don't forget, next week, new episode of The Street Press will drop. We're dropping them every single Wednesday. I'll catch you then. Ta-da. Ta-da.